Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. I pause there. It's a new year. We've taken three weeks off, and I, my brain is a little bit slow, I think. And I'm Becca Freeman, and I am so excited to be coming to you with our first episode of the year. It's one of my favorite episodes we do all year. It's our 2024 goals episode. Yes, I love this one. Well, we have so much to talk about, but before we get to the goals, I haven't seen you in, I haven't seen or talked to you in so long. You truly, like you pieced off and got on a ship and (laughs) sailed out into the open seas. Tell me your highs and lows of the past three-ish weeks. Yes, I am so happy to be home after bouncing around the East Coast for the last three weeks. Yesterday morning, I was in Fort Lauderdale and we drove all the way back here. So it's been literally two days of just driving. I've had a lot of time to think about my goals. You've seen things. I, You've seen the country. I, I, I literally have seen the country. I it's It's been a lot. Anyway, my high is that I got to see my family, Jake's family. We were in South Carolina with my parents. We were in Orlando with Jake's family. We got to see our niece and nephew and celebrate Christmas with them, which was fun. Then I went on vacation with my family and my brother. So uh, it was really nice just to see everyone. Oh, that's lovely. What's your high? Mine is that I went to Maine for New Year's Eve. We were laughing that I think I have spent a sum total of probably six-ish weeks of 2023 in Maine, I should probably be paying rent. So it felt like a very (laughs) appropriate way to end the year. And so I went up there and it was just going to be a couple of my friends. And my uh, my friend Molly, who lives up there, picked me up at the airport. And she was like, we're going to go to this brewery while we wait for some of our friends who are driving up from Boston. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And we're at the brewery and... It's taking a while. And I'm like, do you want to go? Like, I don't really like beer. So I had one beer and I was like, we had lunch there. And I was like, okay, like what's next? Let's let's go back to the house. And she was like, no, let's just hang out here a little while longer. And it turned out my friend Peter from Chicago had flown in and surprised me. And I didn't know he was coming. And he just like walked into the brewery. We had been waiting for his flight, which was, I think, either delayed or something. So it was such a nice little surprise. He's the person who in my life is kind of like my Finn from the Christmas Orphans Club. In terms of that relationship, nothing about his life details are the same as that character. So yeah, I was so emotional to be surprised by one of my best friends. That's awesome. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. What about your low? I feel like you have a big low. Oh, my low is that I got really sick on the cruise that we were on, which is kind of why if anyone, I doubt anyone is following my Instagram activity that closely, but if you are, I really dropped off there. I just thought you were taking, I just thought you were looking inward. You were like starting your year with less screen time. I literally had this vision. I was like, I'm going to be in the gym every day on the cruise. I'm going to sit down and get my little free drinks and I'm going to write down my goals. And then I'm going to get back after two days of driving, record this episode, and I'm going to be so ready to go. No, 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 no. I was taken down by illness. I mean, I honestly saw my life sort of flash before my eyes. I was so, so sick. Just couldn't move, couldn't eat, couldn't do anything type of sickness. The only thing I could do is just scroll on my phone. And I got the notification this morning. My screen time had gone up 37%. Wow. Which is exactly what I want for, you know, the first week of the new year. Yeah. Starting how you intend to go on. Absolutely. Anyway, so if I sound a little bit sick, it's because I'm still kind of getting over it. And I've just had 21 hours in the car. But uh, yeah, it kind of sucked. And I don't feel as prepared for this episode now slash the year as I as I intended to. But onward, you know, onward. I, I'm feeling better. So that's what's most important. Time is a construct. The new year can start next week. I mean, this episode right. is going live regardless. But, you know, in June, you can be like, I'm taking a mulligan on all of this if you want to when we <laughs> review them. Hopefully I don't need until June, but I may need a week just to sort of get my get my bearings again. But what is your low? My year also started off with a hiccup. So I came back from Maine on January 2nd. I was so excited to hit the ground running, to do all of my 
prep that I wanted to do to start my week. I'm trying to finish the second draft of this book. I was just oozing New Year's energy. Get home. My internet doesn't work. So I go through the whole rigmarole of turning everything off, unplugging everything, plugging it back in. Nothing. I call Spectrum. They're like, it's probably your equipment. So I'm like, huh. (laughs) Have you tried unplugging it? Yeah. That was the first thing. So I go to the Spectrum store. I replace all of my equipment, come back, try to set it up. Nothing doing. Have to call them back. This is like a runaround for four hours. Like I got back from my trip at maybe four. And then this was the whole evening was running around trying to get my internet to work. That's the worst. It was something with the actual external outside of my house cables. So they actually had to send someone to, I don't know, rewire something, do something. So it was not an equipment problem. They did end up fixing it very quickly. I was only without internet for 18 hours, but it was just a hiccup and a runaround that was not the way I wanted to start my year. And I am now dead set convinced that nobody has a more frustrating or unable to understand what you are saying, customer service menu, than Spectrum. <laughs> that sounds right. It just feels right to it me. Just, I, I never want to be rude to customer service people, but this menu was infuriating. There were no numbers. It was not like press one. It was like talk to it. It never understood what I was saying. Were you just screaming customer service like, at the phone repeatedly? Operator, <laughs> representative, damn it, yes, please, someone, yes. <laughs> hear me. Um, so we're That's all set. Feeling. We're back in business, but it was not the calm prep day that I expected. It was not the go get them energy riding into my first workday of the new year that I had hoped for. Oh, I can relate 100, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe we've already overcome a challenge. We're ready. Yes, it's true. It's a metaphor. You know, you just got to keep going. Well, let's take our first ad break of the year and let's review our 2023 goals and how we did. This episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth. So now that the holidays are officially over, we're in this phase of winter that just seems to stretch on and on and can be kind of depressing. Let's just be honest. So if you live somewhere cold like Becca and I, it can just be a bit of a bummer that spring has not yet arrived. But I've been seeing a lot of content lately about embracing the season of winter. And you know, I think that is actually a pretty great idea. Leaning into a slow, cozy, less busy time of year sounds particularly great to me. And it's even easier to do so when you have the right outfits and loungewear and bedding. And that is where Cozy Earth comes in. So Olivia and I are both huge fans of Cozy Earth's loungewear. They're pieces that look elevated enough to wear in public, but are comfortable enough that they feel like your favorite pair of pajamas. But Cozy Earth doesn't just offer joggers or pajamas. They also have sheets that we both love. They have our favorite cozy socks and more. And all of their products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo and come with a 10-year warranty, which goes to show you just how much the brand believes in the quality of what they're selling. Cozy Earth has also been featured on Oprah's favorite thing, so don't just take it from us. And Personally, I've been traveling for the last few weeks, as I said, and I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to getting into bed with my fresh sheets. And I currently have a set of Cozy Earth sheets on the bed right now. And I know they're just going to feel so good after two straight days of driving. Cozy Earth's bedding is temperature regulating and is available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. If you're interested in trying any of our favorite Cozy Earth products, Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for listeners today. Get 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com when you use code BOP. That's 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com with the code BOP. All right, Olivia, here is what we're going to do. We're going to do a run through of how we did on our 2023 goals, and then we're going to get into our new goals for the year. So we've historically divided our goals between personal and professional. Would you like to kick us off and run us down how you did on your personal goals in 2023? Sure. I will do that now. (laughs) (laughs) 
again, I'm really getting back into the swing of things. Do you so. want me to prompt you? Should I prompt you with like what they were? I am Olivia and this is a podcast. No. <laughs> okay. So my first personal goal was to continue my five-year journal, which I have done successfully. I'm a little bit behind because of my being brought down by illness, but I am going to catch up and I plan on doing it for, you know, the next three years and then starting another one. I absolutely love the five-year journal. My next goal that I have listed here was new house renovations, which I wrote this list of goals before we had actually moved into our new house. So I was really like new house, new year, new project. I was so naive and young and had no idea what I was in for. But I do have to say, I think I've accomplished this goal. It was so much harder in every possible way, but we have done so much with the house. Even if it doesn't always feel like we have, I am proud of us and it's rewarding. You're sitting in your fully painted, (laughs) lighting replaced guest bedroom right now. Like you have made big strides. Thank you. Yeah. I think I am a little too close to it sometimes maybe, but, um, it's a process, you know, it's like a, a flow it's of a things. It's a big house. It's not it's, going to be yes, <laughs> finished in a year. Yeah. And I think I've also had to really get used to like things being in a state of imperfection and flux constantly. So yeah, but accomplished. The third one was to be more thoughtful about mindless scrolling and watching TV uh, mindlessly. And I honestly don't think I have done very well at this at all. (laughs) I think I've gotten worse maybe just because I feel like even though I know that it's the thing that makes me feel the worst, it's just the easiest like way to not think about anything. And I've just had a lot of times this year where I didn't want to think about anything. So definitely something I need to continue to work on this year to say the least. Although I am starting out with a roughly 12 hour a day average on my phone right now, thanks to my sickness. So it's only downhill. Anything is an improvement. (laughs) Exactly. It's really a little fun trick if you want to just lock yourself away with your phone for, you know, five days. And then the last one was that I had go on another solo trip which I actually kind of ended up doing because I worked in a few solo days to my Trova trip that I did to England. So I really didn't intend to accomplish this one. Like I had no idea how it would happen and it did. So I'm, I'm excited about that. The magic of the universe. Yeah. Tell me about your 2023 personal goals and how they went. Okay. So my first one was to start a journal because I had major journal FOMO of anyone who had a journal. And so I started my five-year journal. I have entries for almost every day. I did not really care about doing it every day. So sometimes I would catch up if I was traveling or do a few days at a time. I missed a few when pages stuck together and then I got discombobulated and didn't know what to do. So I kind of just skipped those days. (laughs) But yeah, like 95% did this. It is the thing I am most excited about and most proud of that I did last year. I am so amped on this five-year journal. I cannot stop talking about it. I went to a bring your favorite thing from 2023 white elephant in December. I brought a five-year journal. Like I am a five-year journal evangelist. Oh yeah. Look at us. We should have a bat on paper, like branded one. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we should. How does one do that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) My second one was to get a walking pad and standing desk. And I did this and it turns out that I do not like using a walking pad. I thought that it would be time hacky and, you know, be a way to get the benefits that I get from walking while I was doing work. It turns out that is not true. And I do not enjoy walking inside. I want to walk outside. There's something about being in the outdoors, about observing my scenery I get none of it from the walking pad. So now I have a walking pad and a standing desk in the corner of my living room. And I have probably used them a sum total of five times, but I did it. (laughs) Well, you did it and you learned. I learned. Yeah. My next one was to go to Charleston and San Francisco to celebrate friends' life milestones. So Grace's new house. And then my friend Ashley had her second baby. I achieved this in a somewhat sneaky way. So I did go to Charleston I didn't go to San Francisco, but I saw Ashley and her two sons while I was in Boston. So I'm going to count this. The point was to 
celebrate the friends things, not about where I did it. It definitely counts. My next one was to cook healthy meals at home more often than not. Did not do this. Just check minus. No, (laughs) didn't do it. Also, right now, I'm finding that I don't really care that I didn't do it. So this might be one of those aspirational goals that sounded like something I wanted. And then it turns out that I like don't really care. I'm here for that. My last one was to dye my gray hair. It turns out I had a fundamental misunderstanding of how dyeing one's hair works. I really thought that there was something where somebody could just kind of like paint, give me highlights that were brown, my natural color, where the gray pieces were. Like spot treatment. Spot treatment, yeah. It turns out I I talked to two different hairstylists about this. That is not how it works. And so I can get a gloss, which is you know, temporary four-ish weeks, which would cover it. Or I could do single process, dye all my hair. I could do semi-permanent or permanent. And I'm, I'm not ready to take that step. So I learned more and it turned out the world does not work how I thought when it comes to hair dye. Hmm. Well, so are, do you have new plans for this or are you just kind of going to let it ride? I'm going to let it ride a little more. Most of my gray is in my mid layers. It's not on the top. So it's really about a personal thing. I see it when I do my hair and it makes me feel old. It's much more about how I present to myself as opposed to how I present to the world. So I think when I start to get more gray on top, I will dye it. But until then, I don't really want to invest in that type of maintenance and Mm -hmm. expense. I just, I thought there was time. It takes so much time to dye your hair. So I'm not ready. Okay. All right. Well, money saved. Money saved for sure. Tell us how this year went for you professionally because I feel like it's like the biggest year ever. (laughs) It was. New career, new book, everything. It was. It was a big year. I feel like I don't give myself enough credit for that, especially because I feel like it's weird with books because this is the year I celebrated writing my first book, but it was not the year I wrote my first book. You know, like Mm -hmm. that had already happened. Right. So it's like slightly out of sync, like the public facing part of it versus the private milestones. So I feel like outwardly I had a great year and then like internally, professionally, I had a tough year, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So my first goal was to write the first and second draft of my second book. I, mm, I'll give myself a B plus on this. Well, so I'm finishing my, my second draft right now, my full second draft. I'm hoping to be done by like this coming Friday or Monday. So it's imminently done in January. I wrote four drafts of the first 60% trying to like figure this book out. So some pieces I wrote more than this, but then the ending pieces are new. So I don't know what to say about this. Like, yes, I fulfilled the spirit of the goal. Okay. I worked a lot on book two. I didn't finish it, which I wasn't intending to, but I made progress. Check. My second was to find more balance and joy in writing book two. How do you think that went? (laughs) Well, Olivia, like, have you ever seen in a movie, like a meteorite flaming, streaking towards Earth? I Yes, I have. That's how I did on this goal. So bad. I, in fact, went the opposite way and was potentially 10 times meaner to myself than the meanness I was trying to combat with this goal. I have had a really tough time with book two, in large part because of myself. I think that I have just really set some dumb untrue expectations of myself and then been incredibly mean to myself when I haven't been able to fulfill them. Like, I think that I had it in my head that to be successful, I needed to figure out how to write a a full book start to finish in a year. I got nowhere close to that. And I was so mean to myself throughout the whole year as it kind of became clear that that like wasn't going to happen. And nobody else is expecting this of me, but it's, it's something that I'm expecting based on how frequently other authors that I admire are publishing. And I've been so mean to myself. And also, I feel like I have the memory of a goldfish. 
And I have kind of like waved a magic wand over the whole process of book one and made it so much easier in my head that this then feels so much harder. And I'm just, it's like a mental state thing. Like I've just been really hard on myself. Yeah. It just goes to show you that like, you think that if you have like a team behind you or a deal or a book that's published or, you know, you think it's going to make it easy at least on the outside, maybe, you, but it, it doesn't. I think that's another part of it is like, I thought because I'd already done it once, it would be easier the second time. I don't know. Like it's a whole expectations game, but like F minus negative a hundred did so bad at this goal. So whatever you did, didn't work right Correct. for this goal. So do you have like another strategy or are you just kind of going to like, just, you know, go with the flow? I mean, therapy for one, <laughs> uh, secondarily, I feel like I need to create more realistic expectations based on my historical process. I do have one idea in my 2024 goals that I think will, okay, we'll, will really help. We'll get, we'll get there. It. Okay. One I did great on make five new author friends. I don't have a count of how many author friends I made, but it's more than five. Yeah, for sure. You have, I feel like you have a good network. I, I did great about making new author friends, about reaching out to people and going to events. And I feel great about this. I said I wanted to go on a solo or two to three person writing retreat. I guess I might be able to consider my trip to Maine when I was puppy sitting Ruby by myself that. So I maybe yeah, did I this. Think that counts. I maybe did this. I don't. Also, this is one looking back that I don't care about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another one. I asteroid coming towards Earth failed at grow podcast listenership by 20%. We are in fact still exactly plateaued where we were. Don't worry. We love doing it. We love you. We're so grateful. (laughs) I think anyone new that joins, there's just like somebody else leaving. I don't know. So we're sustaining. We didn't grow. (laughs) We're sustaining is... (laughs) the least like enthusiastic <laughs> like are we thriving no are we sustaining absolutely i but i'm personally proud of it yeah it is what it is as long as it's fun that's all that matters if we're sustaining and having a good time i'm having a great time yeah look at us it hasn't merited wanting to put in more effort <laughs> like i my effort is also sustaining but you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Does that sound shitty? I don't mean it to, but I, I just mean like, I'm no. not like, let's do two episodes a week. Like, I'm just like, yeah. No, I mean, it's pretty I think, turnkey. I love talking to you. I love our community. Not growing. I mean, I feel like if you have a podcast for as long as you've had this, you've switched hosts, like all of those things, and you're still at that same level, you have the committed listeners and you still love doing it. Like, I think that's, you're already like leaps and bounds above 99% of podcasts. And this year truly cemented for me, our listeners came out for my book launch. It was so heartening to see how many people bought the book, read the book, took the time to send me a message about it, read it for their book club, engaged with our content about it. So it's definitely like, quality over quantity. This year just reinforced that. But to go out on a goal that I did achieve, I said to do at least one live event for books, podcasts, et cetera. I did two live events. I did an event in DC, one in New York City, and then we did a virtual event for my book. So I feel like A plus. Which I loved. I loved that virtual Me too. So mixed bag. What about you? I think pretty solid overall. Uh, me. Okay. Let's see. So for professional goals, I said that I wanted to say no more than I said yes, particularly when it came to Instagram partnerships and freelance stories. I pretty much pulled back on doing freelance stories almost entirely, which felt really good because I basically put that energy towards Substack. And I did significantly less Instagram partnerships as well. I still did them because I I need them to pay the bills. But um, I said no a lot more. And I I feel like I I hit the goal. I feel like I hit the goal. So that's incredible. I also feel like by virtue of being the first goal on the list, it is perhaps the most important one. Is that fair? I think so. Yeah, because 
my second goal on this, which is essentially the same, was to simplify everything and to stop trying to do it all, which I think I was really good about this year. I spent much less time thinking about affiliate stuff. I stopped posting as many links and trying to strategize that and think about how I could make more money that way. And I put basically all that effort towards writing. So that's what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, it was important to me and I feel good about it. Good. Third one. All of these are kind of less concrete. I'm now realizing and more just like basically the same thing in three, vibes three different sets of words. <laughs> yeah, just vibes. Um, but the third one was to focus on things that fulfill me regardless of how lucrative they are as much as is possible anyway. These really are and the three same things stated different ways. You're like... They, they really are, which is a very me thing. Um, but <laughs> at least I'm consistent, you know? Anyway, I do think I I also accomplished this third goal that is just stated in a different <laughs> way, but is essentially the same as the first two. So yeah, it really was important to me, I guess. Honestly, um, like <laughs> what a goal hack. Like jack up your screen time by getting sick and then like state your main goal three different ways so you get to check it off three times. I can't wait for us to just shoot this, the top of the self-help podcast charts. <laughs> We have fixed your life. Congratulations. Um, You're welcome. Okay. So my fourth goal was a little bit more specific, which was to grow and prioritize my newsletter by either increasing how often I'm sending it or to experiment with paid subscriptions, which I did. Substack has been like the biggest, I don't know, mindset shift, gift, everything to me this year. It's been so amazing to be able to put more effort there because I was able to offer paid subscriptions to like, just, I don't know. It's just, it's been so, so wonderful. So wonderful. And I've grown it a ton. So I'm really proud of that. I have loved your newsletter this year. This is probably a me thing, but I did not realize that you could import your Substack mini podcast into Apple podcasts on your phone. So it shows up whenever there's a new newsletter, but I did Mm -hmm. that maybe a couple months ago. And that's been such a game changer because sometimes I'll get the email in the morning and I'll be like, oh, I don't have time for this. But now it's my podcast player. So I don't forget about it. So that's been a game changer for me with making sure I get all of your mini podcasts. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really cool. And it's felt really, really rewarding, which I've enjoyed. And I appreciate everyone's support there so much. So my next goal was to finish a new draft of... I wrote book number one, but this would be what is now such about influence, which is coming out in June. So I did that. It's done. It's it's at the printer. It's out there. It exists. <laughs> it is. It is. I have now seen the advanced reader copies. I I'm just really excited and terrified. But also not having to think about it anymore and being able to work on other projects is kind of wonderful. Like to just be like, well, that's done. And then People are excited about it, but you're thinking about something else, but you're also excited about it. So yeah, check. Amazing. And my next one was to finish edits based on my agent's edit letter for book number two, which I think we can say I did. I think we can say I did it. (laughs) But what she will say in response to what I have sent her, I do not know. But fingers crossed. And we can talk more about that in the 2024 goals. The next one was to start book number three, (laughs) which I, well, I sort of started writing it in my brain. So that's an important part of the process, actually. Yeah, I, I think so. Right. Like, I feel like I have the setting. I have the general plot in my head. I have the characters. You've done the pre-work. I'm not joking. I actually think that's incredibly important. I think so. Because, I mean, you can't just sit down and just go. Yeah. Um, Well, you can. can, But as I'm experiencing, (laughs) it takes five years to get something that makes sense. And then the final one, I'm also on the asteroid flaming towards Earth, which is to contribute to podcast growth, comma, get creative. Really, I was like, how vague can I be with these? Patreon, question mark? So to be honest, I think that we maybe unintentionally fulfilled this one through creating our Geneva group, which I feel like has been such a like fun and new aspect of our community. 
You know, that's very true. I agree with you. And also, I think on my group trips that I went on, because there were so many Bad on Paper listeners, I felt like it was a nice way to connect with the community in person, I guess, and to hear about what they like and their book clubs and their Bad on Paper themed book clubs and, and all of that. So didn't really accomplish this, but sort of. Stunk in the side door. Let's take another ad break and then get into our 2024 goals. This episode is sponsored by Framebridge. I am so excited to be talking to you today about one of my favorite brands ever, Framebridge. I have used Framebridge to frame my wedding photos, the original key to our house. Yes, they frame objects. And for so, so, so many gifts during the holidays and beyond. So just one example is that I framed a really special photo of my friends and I for my two maids of honor at my wedding. And I was able to include like a handwritten note on the back of the frame, thanking them for being part of, you know, my special day. And another example is I recently, I've talked about this on here before, so you already know, but I'm going to say it again because I love it. I framed a cocktail napkin from my brother's favorite dive bar during his time of living in Alaska. I could literally go on and on and on. Framebridge makes it easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything and take it from me. They have. And I know Becca is also a big fan. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I screamed when this ad inquiry came into our inbox because I think Every piece of art in my home is framed by Framebridge. And when I moved into my new larger apartment in Brooklyn, I had a lot of wall space to fill. And one of my favorite interior design hacks is using Framebridge to upload large format stock photography. I like using stuff from Unsplash or from Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, and to frame it through Framebridge. It looks so expensive because it's large format, but compared to what you'd spend anywhere else, it's such a steal and the quality is so, so good. And Framebridge is super freaking fast. They ship your finished frame directly to your house in just days. And their pricing is fair and transparent. Pricing is based on the size of your piece and you know exactly what you'll pay up front. I love Framebridge for so many reasons, but I think that it's especially great because it makes it so easy to celebrate and commemorate moments that can easily get left behind or lost. I mean, just think about it. How many of us say that we're going to print out a photo and finally frame it, but never actually get around to it? Framebridge is so easy to use that it makes saving those special memories easy. Plus, Framebridge has a happiness guarantee. If you're not 100% happy with your piece for any reason, they will make it right. And I can actually speak to this personally as I once ordered a frame photo as a gift from Framebridge. And when it came, the frame had like the tiniest little nick in it. And it was almost unnoticeable. But when I emailed them about it anyway, they responded within seconds and they had basically already sent me a new version of the photo and the frame. I was so happy with the customer service experience and I've since ordered quite literally dozens of framed photos and items from Framebridge with absolutely zero issues. So I think you can tell by the way we're going on and on and on <laughs> about our personal experiences that we love Framebridge. If you have anything that needs framing, do it with Framebridge. It is so easy to order online at framebridge.com. You can either upload a digital photo for them to print and frame or mail in your art and they'll send you a free secured prepaid packaging to mail it back. Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door for free. Visit framebridge.com or a retail store to custom frame just about anything. Out with the old, in with the new. Kick us off. What are your personal goals for this year? So my first personal goal is to bring back a tradition that I did in 2020 and 2021, which is to write a letter to my future self. So end of 2024, Olivia, beginning of 2025. And I did this in past years and I still have the letters and look at them. For some reason I didn't last year, probably because it was just chaotic with moving. But I think I want to do it again because it helps me focus on, on like what's actually achievable, <laughs> which is how I want to feel at the end of the year. And usually that's a feeling that I don't necessarily get to by making a certain amount of money or or super specific number goals, whatever. Anyway, I guess 
the easiest way to put it is that like you don't want to read the letter and then be like, man, I really didn't achieve any of this. <laughs> so you're like, you're strategically writing like, oh, I want you to feel like you're moving towards something good. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I'd like to do that again. I heard you talk about this on your mini podcast. and I really liked it. I really like the idea. Thanks. Yeah, I, I highly suggest it's a nice little way to set intentions, I think, which is kind of like all of my personal goals. Like, I think I just want to get back to taking care of myself and being intentional. So the next goal I have is to just, I don't care what it is at this point. I need some sort of regular exercise routine. I don't care if it's running. I don't care if it's walking. I don't care if it's going to the gym, if it's working out here. I need to be in the habit again because I am just so far out of it. And it's really just about consistency. So I really want to prioritize that. Like, I know you've been going to Pilates, you've been doing that. Like, I want to make sure I'm doing weights again because. I know that's so important just for overall health. So that's a big goal of mine. We shall see. (laughs) And kind of going off of that, another personal goal I have is to return to therapy again. I took this year off and I noticed a huge difference in my overall mental state. And yeah, I have an appointment tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it it just feels like I'm taking care of myself and I haven't even gone to the thing yet. So <laughs> I'm excited. And then this also fits into that, but I really need to find doctors and dentists and dermatologists and all the things up here. Obviously, I just haven't made time for it this year because we've moved and it's a new place and it's so freaking annoying to find new doctors and dentists. So uh, I need to make all those appointments and that's you know, really boring adult stuff. I think yeah, I put it off for like important. years in Philly. <laughs> I feel like you make big splashy goals and then you either don't care about them or you don't fulfill them and you're upset about it. So like, this is the stuff that you're like, this is actually what I need to do. It's true. And you know what? It's actually incredibly empowering once you do it. <laughs> like you feel so good about yourself, but man, it's a pain in the ass to do it. And then I guess all of that together, I really just want to be in a routine again. Like I just thrive so much in a routine. And this year I've just been like, I I, I feel just like a blob, like flying through the wind. I, it's not, like, it's just a tumbleweed going whichever direction the wind blows. And I need some solid routine. Like I need to be militant with myself about it because I know that it will make me feel better. And finally, I have some house stuff that I want to get done. Guest bathroom renovation. Then hopefully you can come visit. Yeah. <laughs> I won't feel embarrassed. And then the sort of office renovation for me, which is like the little cottage we have in the backyard. And then I really want to start saving for our kitchen renovation in 2025, which will be quite extensive. So those are all my goals. I feel like it's a good balance and not flashy, but you know what? It's, I feel good about it. I felt the same about a lot. I, I was like, my goals are boring. And then I was like, yeah, but this is the actual stuff that matters rather than, I don't know what other goals. <laughs> it's true. I think it's the stuff that makes the biggest difference. Yeah. So tell me about yours. Okay. My first goal is to continue my five-year journal already eight days into the year having the entries from last year to look back on is my favorite thing. I am obsessed with my five-year journal. I probably don't even need to write this down, but I'm going to just give myself the easy check right in my five-year journal. My second one is one of my biggest ones, and it's to be more thoughtful about travel expenditures. I feel like in 2023, I YOLO'd a little close to the sun. I said yes to everything. (laughs) I was so excited to do things after COVID and I had sold my book and I had stopped freelancing. So I had more flexibility and I said yes to so many things. And it was a real wake up moment for me when we talked about our best of the year from 2023. And I like couldn't remember so much of it. Like none of it was special. Not none of it was special. I enjoyed all of it, but it wasn't that like strategic in terms of like, these are the bucket list things I want to do. This is how I want to spend my time and money. And every trip, 
is money, first of all. And then it's also getting out of my routine. And so I really want to be more thoughtful about how I travel this year. And so I've already said no to two trips this year. I got invited with some friends to go to St. Thomas right after New Year's. And I was like, I don't need to do that. I'll have just been away on another trip. I don't need to go on another trip back to back, no matter how much fun I'm sure it would be and how much I love spending time with these people. And then my friend Molly is getting ready to start a new job and wants to go on a trip before it. And she was like, well, just bring your draft and you can finish your draft from the beach somewhere. (laughs) And I was like, no, Mm, no, it doesn't work. So I'm practicing saying no. The only trip I have right now on my calendar is I'm going to San Francisco in February to visit friends. But I don't know where I want to travel. I need to think more about this. But I do just want to be more thoughtful about what I say yes to and where I put my money. Is it also like a balance of like being home versus somewhere else? Like, are you trying to do like, okay, I'm going to be home for four weeks or six weeks and then I'll travel? Or is it kind of just it has to be a really special trip to make it worth it for you? I don't know. I don't think it's about being home, but I do think it's just being more mindful about I do my best writing at home. And so what do I want to get out of my routine for? And like, there were times last summer where I was on a plane every week. And so it's just like, pick one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that goal. And it's like maybe traveling a bigger trip versus so many small trips. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know quite what it means, but I just, I know that I want to have a more thoughtful filter as a starting point. My next one is I need to create more balance in my life with books. I feel like 2023 was all about my writing career, which makes sense. It was like a new thing. My first book came out. I was writing my first book under contract. Like it was so top of mind. It was everything. It affected my mood so much. I let a lot of things slip by the wayside, like my exercise routine, cooking at home, things like that. Like it was like whatever needs to be done in order to get the book stuff done. And this year, I really want to create more balance, more work-life balance because writing books is my job as much as I love books. So I don't know quite how this looks, but like this is my intention to have more balance this year. To that end, to just say the same goal a slightly different way, well, this is just one facet of it because it's it's certainly much more than this. I feel like I might have had this goal in like 2019 or something or maybe like 2021 or 2022. I want to take one afternoon off a month for like a self-date or an adventure. I went out to a girl's lunch in December on a Tuesday and it was so fun and restorative. And I I just feel like I did not take enough advantage of working for myself and the flexibility I have. Like, sure, I grocery shop in the middle of the day or like can just go for a walk. But like, I want to go to museums on a Wednesday. Like, I want to go to see a Broadway show in the afternoon. So like, I really want to make it a point one afternoon a month to like have a little adventure with myself. It's also like so creatively stimulating. Totally. Totally. Breaking news. This is the year that I get my screen time under four hours. What is it now? It's usually... We got to know the starting point. A good week, it has a four in front of it. It sometimes has a six in front of it. That's real. I'm I'm afraid what mine is. Well, we all know now it's not good. But I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. It needs to have a three in front of it. It doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to just like on average start with a three. I'm with you in this goal. Because I complain about how little time there is. And it's like, well, madam, you are spending six hours a day on your phone. (laughs) So let's reclaim some of that. I would also like to make a goal to entertain at home quarterly. Some of my favorite memories from 2023 were having people to my house. So I had the Christmas in July party, which was so much fun. You were there for that. And then I hosted a Friendsgiving in November and I kind of always forget because it takes advanced planning, but I want to make a point to at least quarterly have a dinner party, like a writer salon with writers, friends, a game night, something. So I already have my Q1. I'm throwing a girls night birthday party for a friend of mine at the end of the month. So yeah, I want to entertain quarterly, lean into hostessing. 
I love that. That sounds so fun. Yeah, I think that's like my fun one. Very fun. Professional. What are we doing professionally? Professional. So I guess my most exciting upcoming professional thing is that my book comes out in June, which is crazy. So my first goal there is just, I kept thinking about like how I wanted to frame the goal because it already feels like the fact that it's happening is like, check, I've, I've done it. And I don't really want to, I don't know. I don't want to put so much pressure on myself for it to be a certain way that I end up disappointed. And I already feel myself slipping into like, you know, you see the 2024 reading roundups and this person was featured and I wasn't and how that matters. And, you know, just like the comparison spiral that is inevitable. For sure. So I just want to have a good time with it. I want to really like just kind of embrace the wildness that I wrote a book and then it's like out into the world finally and um, just have a good time with it. So that's my goal. And I hope it does well, but you know. May I recommend something to you? You may. I think you should write this on a post-it note and put it somewhere you see it every day because I think from my experience, putting a book out into the world is also so stressful. There's so much comparison inevitably somebody will say something not nice about it. I feel like I had a really good experience, but like if this is your goal, I feel like remind yourself as often as you can. Yeah, you're so right. Because I'm already like, I'm not going on good rates. I'm not doing that whole thing. But it takes practice, I think. So I might as well start now. Yeah. Great goal. Great first professional goal. And my second professional goal, I feel like will kind of help me with the first, maybe, which is that I just finished this new draft of what I hope will be my second published book. And so I would really love to sell it. I need to sell it to continue surviving in this world and making money. So I'm really excited about it. And I feel like it's been a good way as like the stuff with such about influence ramps up to be focused on actually creating something and writing and editing and doing a new draft has been really good for me. So I don't know how many more rounds of edits I'll have to do, but um, I would love to sell it this year. And then to start book number three for real and not just in my brain. Fair. That would be great. And then another professional goal is I would love to continue to grow my Substack and to prioritize it every week and to just figure out what works and what doesn't and to keep churning out content for <laughs> for people. Give the people what and, they want. I am the people. I want Olivia Substack. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> then I kind of touched on this earlier, but I'd love to just like find more ways to connect with our audience and I love like just being in Geneva and just like sending photos of myself crying, reading a book and people being like, yeah, same or <laughs> whatever. It just makes me feel really, yeah, just connected to the people that are listening. And I really value that. So to find more ways to do that would be great. And then finally, this isn't really a professional goal totally, but I had such an incredible experience meeting people on my group trips this past year. And I just left each trip being like, this was so incredible. These people are so amazing. I wish I had planned everything myself instead of doing it with a company, even though the trips were wonderful and I met great people and I want to travel with them again. So I kind of have this dream of like hosting one from start to finish myself, which is a lot of work and also logistically could potentially be a nightmare. But I just feel like I love planning things like just little details. And like I have this image of like renting a gigantic mansion in the Cotswolds and having like a Pride and Prejudice movie night and getting everyone little journals and personalizing everything and hiring a chef and I have no idea how that would happen, but uh, I put it on the list because in my brain, I'd like it to happen. So I don't know. We'll see if you want to come to England with me. Stay in touch. (laughs) Okay. What are your professional goals? I feel like I'm keeping it what I think is simple and achievable. We will see. (laughs) I want to finish book two. Finish delivery and acceptance. It's done. That's like the term for like when your publisher accepts it and is like, yes, your book is done. It's like pre-copy edits. So finishing book two, I'm not putting a month on it because Lord knows I want to, 
but <laughs> resist. We the are urge. not doing it. We are not doing that this year. I think that it is realistic to both finish book two and write a first draft of book three. There should be some downtime while my editor reviews things. So like instead of just taking that as downtime, I want to work on book three, have a first draft. I also have like a sub goal in here. If I want to stop wasting time in the drafting process, this year I quit my day job and I was working on book one on the side and with book two, it's been my main focus. And there's like a lot of advice that it grows to take up the time you give it. So if you just do it for half an hour a day, like that, you get it done. And like, I was procrastinating so much, especially in the first draft, because that's like a part that's really hard for me to sit down and write the bad version. So I want to think of it like a, you know, clock in, clock out, like do it three hours a day and get it done instead of sitting there eight hours a day and like self-flatulating and hating yourself. That's smart. I like that strategy. That's easier said than done. Okay. (laughs) So this one is my solution to some of how I am treating myself with regards to books. I want to start a process journal. I've mentioned this before. I've already experimented with and I think thrown out version one. So I want to create some type of journal where I'm tracking how I'm feeling about what I'm working on writing-wise so that I can go back and know that sometimes it feels bad, but I can fix those things, that it's not just like as dire as it feels and that it's an iterative process and I will figure it out. I thought I wanted to write every day after my writing session and I'm already, I've been doing that this year to date and I'm like, I don't really think I need this many entries. So I'm trying to figure out whether it's like a weekly entry or whether it's like a monthly entry or whether it's an entry at the end of every draft. Mm -hmm. I think especially the latter, like at least have like a long letter to myself at the end of every draft of like how I'm feeling about things. But in the first draft, like if that takes me six months, I don't just want to have one. So we'll see. Hmm. So I'm experimenting with it. But I want to have a process journal so that in book three, when I am feeling shitty about my second draft, I can go back and I can say, you felt shitty about book two in your second draft and then now you love it. So yeah. That's really smart. I think that'll help a ton. I think so too. I think so too. Already in my five-year journal, there was something about how I was freaking out about how the first 50% of the Christmas Orphans Club wasn't good enough. And this was in like the very final version. I think our brains are broken and just like cannot judge something that we are so deep in. Not that that makes your brain broken, but like it is just so hard to objectively evaluate something that you are in the thick of. And so I feel like reminding myself that I always feel this way or that like this is part of the process will be really helpful. Definitely. My next goal is, drum roll, I want (laughs) to do some podcast stuff that like isn't about the money and like isn't about scaling the podcast just because it's, I want to do it just because it's fun. So the first thing, that we're definitely going to do is I think we're going to do some bad on paper merch. We're trying to figure out how we do that, but people have asked for it for a really long time. And I think it would be like cute and fun and I don't know, like brand our community more. So that's one. The second half of it is like a maybe thing. And that's maybe test of doing some video stuff. I mean, I think that's challenging because we're not in the same place. So we couldn't really do it in person. I don't know. So this one, I'm not promising a video episode for like every episode, but like, I don't know, maybe play around with it for like one or two episodes and like, you can see see our faces sometimes as a treat. Also, like (laughs) I look so grody right now and I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to get ready for this. I just want to show up looking like a trash monster (laughs) that only Olivia knows that I am. I mean, well, same. I think people would appreciate us as trash monsters more than our glamorous selves. I guess so. I don't know. Okay, next one. I want to get my newsletter back up and running. I really fell off kind of around when my book came out because I felt a lot of pressure to have eloquent thoughts about how I felt about my book launch or like people wanted to know how it was doing. And I like I didn't know how to answer any of those things 
in the moment. I still don't, honestly. And so I just started avoiding my newsletter. But I really loved having a biweekly newsletter. So I want to get back to it. I don't know that there's eloquent thoughts in summary on how book one is. I think I'm still processing that. But I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to like write about whatever. Good. I don't know. So Yay. I'm going to get my my newsletter back up and running. And then my last one is that I feel like my goal for 2023 was to make five new writer friends. And so now I feel like I have all of these writer friends that I've made, but I really want to continue to like deepen my writing community. So now it's to not just have these like, hey, you're somebody that I like and we've like talked a few times and like we can kind of complain to each other. But like, I don't know. I don't know if it's about like trading drafts and having beta readers or just having people who like are really deeply in the know about what's going on with my writing world and vice versa. So I feel like you and I have that, but I'm like, now I want to have a few more writing coworkers. It's a good strategy. Yeah. I don't know how we measure it, but that's, that's what I'm feeling. Well, I think those are all great. I feel really energized going into this year. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of grumpiness around resolutions and goals. And I'm like, I get it. Life is hard. The world is hard right now. But like, I don't want to be stagnant. Even if it's just like Nora McInerney from Terrible Thanks for Asking, like her goal this year is to enjoy life. Like even just saying to the world what you want to do less of. I don't know. I just, I love New Year's energy. Yeah, me too. It doesn't have to be all new stuff. That's the thing. Like I feel like half of mine are just going back to things that I know work for me that I lost sight of. And I think that's okay too. Or it's dumb stuff like making doctor's appointments, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get out of goals and into some end matter. What are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with this podcast I listened to for, I don't know, 10 hours yesterday in the car. It is an investigative podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio called Bear Brook. Hmm. I think that's what it's called, Bear Brook. Yeah, I don't know how I missed this because I thought I'd seen like every deep dive podcast about a true crime case in the world. Um, oh, never mind. I like from the description <laughs> and then it was New Hampshire Public Radio. I was like, this is very Noah Khan coded. And like now you're like a plus murder. <laughs> It is kind of like Noah Khan plus murder. I don't know. It has that sort of vibe because it's very, I don't It's something about it is so well done that it's relaxing, even though the subject matter is very dark. Anyway, incredibly well done. If you love long form podcasts, I suggest. What is your obsession? Well, I feel like it is very tied into the topic of this episode. So I made myself. I don't even know what we want to call it, like a vibes board. I don't think it's a, what word am I looking for? Vision board. I don't think it's a vision board, but it's just like some images that are inspiring to me, some like written out quote things. And I just found a bunch of images I liked on Pinterest. I arranged it all on Canva and I made it my phone background. And it is just such a little jolt. And every time I get a text or a stupid little notification, the one in the center says, it's okay if it's taking more time than you thought, which is obviously about my book too. There's also one that's pretty prominent that says, do more things that make you forget to check your phone. There's like one that says like a lot can happen in a year. Like it's just so, it sounds so corny, but it's so motivating to see it as my phone background. No, I love it. I want to copy you. Please. I had the thought in my sickness den. <laughs> I was locked in a windowless room. Anyway, I was like, I should make one of these too. I, it's very Olivia Mentor. I feel like you should for sure do it. <laughs> you, you've inspired me. All right. Before we let the people go, before class is dismissed, we got to talk about what we've been reading. Tell me what you read from your sickbed. Yes, I read three things, not a ton, but some. So the first thing is A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham, I believe is her name. I have seen her books everywhere. Her thrillers are really popular. I've never read her books before. Um, I would definitely try something else from her after this. This is a thriller about a psychologist who grew up in a small town where there were a series of murders of young girls and her father ended up being 
arrested for them. And a journalist investigates the crime again. And, you know, kind of your standard thriller. If you're just looking for like run of the mill investigative kind of thriller, suggest. The next thing I read is The Last Murder at the End of the World by Stuart Turton. And this is the author of The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. I always get it confused with The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo for obvious reasons. That book, his first book, confused the living hell out of me. I had no idea what was going on throughout the entire thing. This one has a very similar vibe. I knew more what was going on, but it does have one of the most satisfying plot twists halfway through that I've ever read. Oh, I think this will be made into a TV series 100%. It's about the last surviving humans on earth and they live on this island in Greece. That's all I will say. And there's a murder, obviously. But it's a... a wild ride. One of the strangest books I've ever read in my life. Okay. But the twist made it worth it for me. Because I haven't read a twist that makes you stop like that and go, oh, in a very long time. And then finally, finally, I read Shark Heart by Emily Haybeck, which I was so looking forward to. I'm dying to hear your review after it got raved about on our best books of the year episode by so many listeners. It's weird as hell. It is literally about a man who is turning into a gray white shark. That's not a metaphor. It is literally happening in the book, although I'm sure it is a metaphor once you read the whole thing. I adored this weird book. I adored it so much. I wept. I wept openly. This is before I got sick. So at the pool sidebar, I wept openly about the shark man and I just loved it. I loved it so much. I okay. really did. One, probably one of my favorites of the year. Oh, wow. It was just so strange and wonderful. What did you read? I had a very weird reading break. Anyway, I'll tell you. Um, So the first thing I read is this book called Snowed In by Catherine Walsh. And this is a Kindle Unlimited holiday book that was going bonkers on like the Amazon charts. And I was just curious. It is very cute. It is like an Irish Emily Henry bantery book. It's about this woman who left her fiance at the altar and is now like, the most hated woman in her small Irish village and this like guy who was way too cool for her in high school. And they make a fake dating pact to go home to their tiny Irish village from Dublin and they pretend to be dating. Very cute. Also, I would not say it's so holiday-y that you couldn't enjoy it now. And it's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're on Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Hmm. Very fun. Then I read This Spells Love by Kate Robb, which is a debut. And it is about a woman who has like a kooky aunt and like does this spell to erase her ex from her life. And she wakes up in this alternate version of her life. I thought from the description it was going to be much witchier than it was. And I enjoyed that it was it was like almost a sliding doors parallel world book. And so the whole thing is it's a friends to lovers book where in her original timeline, she has this like male best friend and in the new timeline, they never met. And so she's like re-becoming friends with him. Very cute. Enjoyed it a lot. Then I went weird for me and I started reading nonfiction. I, I did not expect to see Murakami. Yeah. So I started reading nonfiction because I don't know. I, I have no explanation. I saw this. I don't even know if I saw it recommended or if I saw it written about somewhere. But I read Novelist as Vocation by Haruki Murakami, which is a nonfiction book. It's a series of essays, like maybe 10 essays about his life being a novelist. It was very interesting. I mean, he is obviously a very famous writer, so I don't know that it's broadly applicable, but it was so interesting here how he thinks about various aspects of the career. And also, it was just very interesting because he is a Japanese man, so his perspective is so different than mine. I really enjoyed it. I've heard very good things about this, actually. I would love to check it out. Yeah. And then I wish I knew why I decided to buy this, but I just, I bought a bunch of random feminist nonfiction a few months ago that's been sitting in my pile. 
And so I also read All About Love by Bell Hooks. Have you read this? No. It's from the early 2000s. Like, I want to say it's maybe from like 2001 or 2002. And it is nonfiction feminist cultural text about love. And I I think that I thought that it would be interesting, like if I'm writing a romance, like I want to know academically or more rigorously about the social science of love. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was written 20 years ago. So some of it culturally is is slightly different, but it made me think a ton. Oh, well, good. A good Um, balance. Yeah. I mean, keeping with this, we are reading nonfiction for our January book club. If you missed the announcement on Instagram, we're reading a book that has been sitting in my pile and I started last year and didn't finish, but I'm very excited to get back to. We're reading 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. Olivia, did you read this already? I did, but it was maybe two years ago. Okay. And I want to read a physical copy this time. Mm. I read it on my Kindle. I want to mm. highlight and yeah. underline and stuff. I feel like this is going to tie in really well to our goals. It sounds very self-helpy, but it's it's really about anti-productivity culture of like, hey, you have limited time. You have 4,000 weeks in the average life. So like, how do you want to use it? And we'll leave you on that in this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tell the people who you are. Where can they find us? Who are we? When am I? Who are we? Well, you can talk to us about your goals or whatever you want in our Geneva group. You can also talk to us in our Facebook group. That's under Bad on Paper Podcast or on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And her book, Such a Bad Influence, comes out in June and is available for pre-order, even though it does not have an announced cover yet. Stay tuned. January 22nd. <laughs> the, cover, the cover will be revealed, I promise. Ooh. Marking my calendar. Thank you for that plug, Becca. Oh, you're welcome. And her substack is great. I can't stop raving about it. I'm Becca Freeman, and I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. 